So you can imagine how it was um, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. Welcome to our service on the 10th of October. Today we will be led by Janet uh, making a re-debut and uh, our message will be from Gerald Zangare. Well, I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, over to you, Janet. We're going to sing Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, number 617.
morning and welcome all eight of you or whatever. <laughs> um, we're just sitting on the ground this morning. Everybody's away somewhere. Um, I've got two birthdays down for this week. Uh, one is Annette Wilkins and the other is John Mello. Uh, both on Wednesday. So um, if anybody happens to be talking to either of them, you might wish them a happy birthday on Wednesday. Uh, does anyone else have a birthday this week? What about an anniversary? Anyone have an anniversary this week? Not yours, Gerald. <laughs> um, so Gerald Zagari is our speaker this morning, and he's also going to lead the communion later as well. Uh, Craig Deal will be our speaker next Sunday, and uh, there's evening Bible study on at 17 Highgate Road on Wednesday at 6 p.m., or Seven Thames Road, and also on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Um, Sunday school is in recess, and we will be having communion later today, as I just mentioned. Um, just to remind you all to collect toilet roll inners, ribbon, magazine pages, and all those sort of things that we use for uh, making crackers later in the year. Uh, it's Better if we could get a good stock of those. We want to break last year's record, which was over 1,300 crackers, so we need lots of uh, bits and pieces for that. Um, also, just to remind you, our AGM is next Sunday, 17th of October, and I'd ask everyone to make a point of being there if they can. Uh, you don't have to be a signed up member or anything like that, as long as you attend our services or some of them, you're welcome to come and uh, say your piece if you want to. Uh, please keep the following people in your prayers. Derek West, Bruce Friel, uh, Nolan Gundu, Aaron, Pete Watson, Carol Hill, Elsie, uh, Karen Baker, and Cheryl Friel. Um, and also I've got a little notice here from um, John Bell. Uh, so this is uh, after we donated some um, cash towards the hamper situation as we have a bit spare on ours. Uh, so on behalf of the elders and members of Covenanters Christian Church, I would like to express sincere thanks for the very generous and kind donation of 1,040 towards people within our church community who are struggling. The elders distributed that money to 13 different people in all. The number included several of our godly grannies, several widows, several families, and who we know are struggling with school fees, as well as a single mum and an older single man. Each recipient was so grateful, indeed overwhelmed by this kind and very helpful gift. Thank you for sharing this with us. May the Lord bless you in Christ John. So, thank you very much. Right, the next hymn um, is number 167, which is Give Me Oil in My Lamp, Keep Me Burning. So that's number 167.
and thank you, Angie, for leading us. That's brilliant. One of the great privileges of being a Christian is being able to talk to God. God knows our, knows our needs, limitations, and problems, and he wants us to pray to him. So let us pray. Our Facebook prayers this morning on Kingsley Chapel, and then prayers related to our work, and thirdly, the prayer of St. Patrick and the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Thank you for bringing us here today, Father. Thank you for everyone who contributes to the work that needs to be done at Kingsley Chapel. We pray that people will be happy to take on any of the tasks needed to run our services. We pray for more musicians to lead our worship. Thank you for Passmore and all the work he does in the garden and church. We pray that many people will come to the AGM next week and that we will be united in building a church for you and not ourselves. Help us to be a church that leads people to know you and accept the gift of your salvation. Father God, help us to pursue peace and unity, encouraging each other and building each other up. Help us to be obedient, loving and humble. Dear Father, please encourage those of us who are seeking employment or needing a change in our working lives. Guide us to valuable work that is worthy of you and to places of safety and respect where we can serve you joyfully. Help us to be content in our work without becoming complacent. Help us to know and understand the work you would like us to do and, and that we can make the world a better place. We pray for those of us who are finding their work situation stressful, tiring, demanding or futile. We pray for those of us who dread going to work every day. We know that we should be grateful for our work, especially in these difficult times of recession and economic hardship. May we have good health for the physical demands of our work, good judgment for the decisions we need to make, and a clear understanding of the problems we experience. For those of us who come to you filled with deep regrets over the past, and much anxiety for the future. Please help us to commit our situation to you and to trust in you. Forgive us, Father, and help us forgive ourselves so that we can be free and make good, responsible decisions at our workplaces or in finding new work. Lord, make us an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that we may not, may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And the prayer of St. Patrick, I bind myself, I bind unto myself today the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his ear to hearken to my need, the wisdom of my God to teach, his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly host 
to be my God. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in heart of all that love me, in the mouth of friend and stranger. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay, um, our fourth um, hymn is 536, Old Rugged Cross. And after that, Gerald will come and bring us today's message. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a It's always good to be physically back in the Lord's house. 
makes a difference. Um, and we thank God that we have now come to the point where we are now allowed to meet physical. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning, and uh, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the price that was paid for our salvation on the cross. We want to thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself up for us. Lord, we pray now as we look at your word that, Lord, you open our hearts, you open our minds, and that we are able, Lord, to <clears throat> be encouraged in this time that we are going through. And we continue to pray for our nation, Zimbabwe. We pray, oh God, that, Father, you bless us as a nation. We pray, Lord, for rain, and we also pray that, God, you protect the nation from the pandemic. We ask for your presence and guidance to be with those who could not physically be with us today. And Lord, we just ask that you bless each and every member of this congregation. And we pray for all those who are meeting today in your name that you bless them. We ask for this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please turn to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Um, still on the Apostles' Creed. And um, I think it's, it's, it's important that we, we um, I hope you've memorized it now to some extent, because you never know, maybe when you're at the pearly gates, they will ask you the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> so just in case. Um, so in Mark chapter 8, verse 31, I'll read, this is our Lord Jesus Christ, they're talking about, then he began to teach them, that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the law experts and be killed and after three days rise to life. So this is a summary of um, our Lord Jesus explaining to his disciples what is going to happen to him. And it, it's quite discouraging for a leader to tell you that. That uh, you are this, this someone you are looking up to and what they tell you is that I am going to have to suffer and I am going to have to go through all this. So this morning I thought maybe we could look at that and one of the difficult things that we have as Christians is how do I explain Christ in a simple way? Because we were singing in one of the hymns that we are witnesses. But how do I actually witness for Christ? And this morning I just want us to... Look at what Christ himself said. These are the words that he spoke. And so I sort of summarized it uh, using the alphabet. That's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Just to get to um, <clears throat> summarize it. Because when you are witnessing to someone, you have this overwhelming desire to say everything. And then you feel probably guilty that maybe they are not listening or they don't convert but it is the Holy Spirit who convicts. And also, it's just talking to a friend and telling them about Christ. So if you are writing notes, um, please just put A, B, C, D, A, one line, B, one line, C, one line, D, one line, E, F, G on one line as well. Then we'll explain as we go. Now, Jesus uses the term Son of Man. And He is the Son of God, He is the Son of Man. These are the titles that are used for our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lamb and He is also the Lion. So you see, all these are describing um, our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Son of Man, in that context, 
simply means the one who is anointed by God. It means God's Messiah, the one whom God has sent. So Jesus is telling them that the one who God has sent, that is him, is actually going to suffer and die. And so everything that comes afterwards is because he is God's Messiah. So when we look at um, what happened to him as God's Messiah, and we look at what he had to go through, the letter A, we look at the fact that he was accused falsely. So there were false accusations. He was accused falsely. And I think as Christians, this is something that we need to be able to deal with in our lives. Because as a Christian, at some point, you will be falsely accused. And so you need to be prepared to, 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 to handle that. So he was accused falsely. And when we go, when we read the Bible, we realize that in order to eliminate him, they had to bring false accusation because there was no lie in him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So they falsely accused him. And after falsely accusing him, then they went on to attack him. Because accusations do not just end in accusations. They are mostly um, <clears throat> elevated to actually an attack. They have a follow-up action of an attack. So the two A's that he went through, he was falsely accused, and then he was attacked. So this is the suffering that he is talking about. And all that suffering comes from the fact that the elders, the law experts, rejected him. So you can imagine, God sends his son for all <clears throat> to be saved, but the religious leaders and the elders at that time were the ones who were saying, we are the ones who know the way to God. We are the ones who know salvation. And so they rejected him. And from that rejection, because they found no fault in him, they had to falsely accuse him so that they could attack him. They attacked him verbally, they attacked him physically. And when we look at the physical attacks, then we go on to the B, which is the beating that he went through. Our Lord Jesus went through the beating. And when we, some of us have watched the Passion of the Christ, they really bring out the even find the temple. <laughs> yes, the torture, the intensity of what he went through. It was a Roman system that was so cruel, designed to really instill fear in other people. That if you just don't toe the line, this is what's going to happen to you. So he was beaten. Why was he beaten? Because of that rejection. And not only was he beaten, but he was bruised. So that's the B also. Beaten, bruised. Our Lord Jesus was bruised. And Isaiah 53 verse 5, it tells us that he was crushed for our transgressions. He was bruised. He was broken for our sins. So this is what our Lord Jesus went through. For our sins. You are just explaining to someone what he went through. The fact that he was God's anointed and God's chosen meant that he was going to go through this. And as we come to the Lord's table, he clearly tells us that as he broke the bread, he said, this is the broken body. This is my body which is broken for you. So this is the beating and the bruising that he's talking about. And he had to go through this because 
of the fact that they had rejected him. And so <clears throat> we go on to the C, which is the fact that they accused him falsely, they attacked him physically, and they attacked him also uh, verbally, and they beat him, and they bruised him, and they crushed him. They crushed him, they crucified him, they chastised him. So these are the, <coughs> the C parts, crushed, crucified, chastised, our Lord Jesus, going through all this for you and for me. Crucifixion was something that was invented by the, a form of punishment that was invented by the Romans. And it was actually meant for the worst of crimes. It was meant for the worst of crimes. So you can imagine our Lord Jesus being put in the same category as the worst of offenders. And yet he had done nothing wrong. And yet he had done absolutely nothing wrong. But he went through this. So he was crushed, he was crucified, he was chastised. Because God had chosen him as the offering for our sins. For our sins to be taken away, it took the death of one who was not sinful, who could only be Jesus Christ, so that we are, we are saved. So I'd encourage you to go through Isaiah 53, verse 5, because it it summarizes what, what he went through. And then we go on to the D. So this is the, the sad part that our Lord Jesus is telling our disciples, his disciples that the Son of Man must suffer much. So he says he must suffer much. Other, other versions say he must suffer a lot. But when you go through and understand what he went through, you realize that yes, he actually was telling the truth, that he was going to suffer a lot. He was going to suffer much. And be rejected by the elders and the teachers and the chief priests and the law experts and be killed. So the whole point of all this was to actually kill him. The point of crucifixion was to kill him. The assumption being that killing him would just stop this whole um, belief that people can actually come to God through him. That was the whole thing because remember how the system was. People were going to the priests to confess. People were going to the law experts to learn what the law says. Because when talking about the law experts, it's not like the lawyers that we know today. If you're a law expert, you're someone who was well versed in the law of Moses. So the law of Moses being what was believed to be um, the way to to salvation. So the fact that Jesus is saying, I am the way, is already in opposition to what these guys are teaching. And these guys have studied law all their life. And they're saying this is the way to the Lord. So you can see why they had to kill him. They had to get rid of him. But after three days, rise to life. So he actually died. This is a very um, confusing um, thing for most of us. And that's the key for those who are writing on died or death. He actually died. Our Lord Jesus came to the point of dying. And so a lot of questions are asked. How can he die when he is God in man? How is it possible? Romans 6 verse 23 tells us that the wages of sin is, is death. And so in um, that's Romans 6 23 
2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that he who knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. So Jesus carried our sins on him. And the fact that he had sin on him, because God's word, God is faithful to his word, and even the word of God cannot be contradicted by God himself. Once it's established, it is established. And if it says the wages of sin is death, the fact that he had our sins on him meant that he was going to die. So you can imagine <clears throat> how it was um, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. So he died um, on the cross. And the other D that we have there is he descended into hell. So there was a descent into hell. And this is, again, another area that is not covered a lot. But when you go through the Apostles' Creed, you realize that we actually say that he descended into hell. The three days. Um, and so, there's that descending. There's death, then there's descending. And so, as Christians, at times we, we go through a lot. We are falsely accused. We are attacked. At times we are bruised physically or verbally. And even times, at times, people betray us, people chastise us, and we feel like we are descending into hell, so to speak. We are descending into a time of difficulty. And at that time, it would seem that there is no hope. It would seem that there is no um, salvation. Now, when our Lord Jesus had was carrying our sins. I think, this is my view, he went also one of the, through one of the most difficult um, times, that is, the abandonment by the Father. Because God cannot, um, God cannot look at sin. God is pure. God is holy. So, there's this fellowship between the Father and the Son that had been there for eternity. And then for this moment, because our sins are on him, the father cannot be with him. So he feels this separation from the father for the first time. And it pained him to the extent that he says, my Lord, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's a deep cry that he makes from deep inside. The Bible says, from that cry, that my Lord, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He felt that loneliness and that abandonment from God. So this is the suffering much that he's telling his disciples, that the Son of Man has to go through this suffering. And what encourages me from this suffering is that he did not curse God. He says, why have you forsaken me? But he did not curse God. Sometimes we go through so much difficulty and we go through moments of pain that the easiest thing to do is just to blame God. <laughs> That's the quickest way out. Why did he let this happen? Why am I going through this? Why did I lose this loved one? We've lost a lot of loved ones due to this pandemic and other diseases and other and even accidents that have taken place. And you don't understand the times. 
And the easiest thing to do is to put the blame on God. But I'm encouraged by our Lord Jesus because he did not do that. He said, my Lord, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And after saying that, he then says, into thy hands I commit my, my spirit. That's amazing. That is amazing. Though you have abandoned me, though you have forsaken me, but where am I committing my spirit? into your hands. So he was never going to leave God, no matter what. I think that is a very, very big, important lesson. That at times we let circumstances be the reason why we leave God. But our Lord Jesus did not do that. So he says, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And the Bible says <clears throat> the centurion the Roman centurion who was guarding him was seeing all this and he was hearing all this. This is a, a man on the cross in excruciating pain and he has been abandoned by the Father. And what he says is, into thy hands I commit my spirit. The centurion, he realized the relationship between Jesus and the Father, that there is something here. And he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Something that the chief priests, the elders had denied. But a Roman centurion, a centurion was a leader of um, 80 people. I know we know centuries are hundreds. And <laughs> the assumption is that it's a leader of a hundred. But it's a Roman soldier who is a leader of 80 people. That's the fact in Latin. But contemporary now, just say hundred. But this is a person, for you to become a centurion, you had to be a person who was very, very distinguished in battle. You were not just appointed. And for you to be distinguished in battle, the Roman system um, awarded cruelty. The number of people that you kill, the amount, the methods that you use. That's how you rose to be a centurion. So this is a person who was used to seeing blood. This is a person who was used to seeing suffering. He was probably numb to a lot of suffering because for you to be a centurion and in charge of a hand of 800 soldiers, you had to be someone who really was not sensitive to pain. So a person who just doesn't care, who wants to get the job done. And these are the people who deliver the Roman Empire. What I'm trying to say is, for a soldier, a centurion, to come to the conclusion that this was the Son of God, it took a lot. An ordinary person like me probably would have done that, but this, it took a lot. So after three days, he says he's going to rise again. And now we're on to Eve. He is exalted in resurrection. So there is the exaltation that comes through. So this is the lesson for us as Christians. There is the time for suffering. There is the time for being bruised. There is the time for being crushed. But after that, there is the resurrection. There is the time of being resurrected. Jesus himself said, I am the resurrection and the life. And in one of the prayers that we're having today, that was mentioned as well. So he is exalted. And the other E is, it is exactly as the scriptures say exactly as the scripture said. So, 
what was happening to our Lord Jesus Christ was foretold in Scripture. It is exactly as the Scriptures said. So, if the disciples had been well versed with Scripture, they would have probably understood what he's talking about. And the irony of it is that the law experts, <coughs> excuse me, who are the experts in the laws of Moses, would have read the, the Pentateuch, the first five books, <coughs> which they were experts in. And these talk about the sacrifice of blood for salvation. But the law experts still rejected it. I think that's ironic. That with all the knowledge that they had, still they could not um, accept it. Now on to F. Um, like I said, it's the fulfillment of Scripture. That's another F. Fulfillment of Scripture. John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So this is God giving to us our Lord Jesus Christ in fulfillment of Scripture. The other F also is he is the final judge. So he is exalted, he is resurrected, but now he is the judge. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. It says that each of us will have to stand before the judge. And I think that is a it's a it's a reminder for for, for us as, as as human beings that um we will have to please open Revelation chapter five uh, from your Bible. Revelation five verse twelve. So our Lord Jesus will come and judge. The life that we live is not our life. It belongs to someone. I think as human beings we know that. If you're going to talk to someone and say, really, really, do we really think that we are not accountable for this life that we have, that someday we will have to explain? I think in our minds we know that. And so our Lord Jesus will come as the final judge. And then lastly, the G, he is glorified in heaven. He is glorified in heaven. Our Lord Jesus is glorified in heaven. And so, he tells the disciples that he is going to be, he is going to die, and that he is going to rise, and that um, he is going to be exalted in heaven. So, this is what they were um, supposed to actually focus on. And so as I conclude, I will just look at the verses that talk about him being glorified in heaven. Um, it's Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2 verse 13, it says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 2 verse 13. And then the last one there for the conclusion is Revelation 5, verse 12 to 14. If you could read that for us, please. Verse 12 to 14. Without voice and saying, Worthy is the man who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth 
and on his feet, and all had attendance then to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. Thank you. Let us go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for you sacrificed your life uh, for us. You came from heaven, the place of heaven, to be here on earth in order for us to be saved. We realize that you went through a lot of suffering and no person can bear the suffering that you went through, but you did it because you love us. I pray, Lord, that you help us, Father, to be always remembering the sacrifice that you made for us to be called your children, for us to come to you. That salvation came at a price. And Lord, I pray for those who do not know you, that Father, you help us to witness you to them, help us to share you to them. I pray, Lord, that as we look at this um, alphabetical summary of what you have done, you help us to witness for you, help us to tell others what you have gone through so that they also will enter heaven with us in glory as you come to take us. We ask for all this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Joel. That's a very thought-provoking message. I certainly find it difficult to speak to non-Christians about my faith, um, especially in times of despair and difficulty. Um, and we just need to remember to commit ourselves to God and trust in Him. Okay. Uh, we're going to sing another hymn, and that is number 552. Okay. Uh, Our Father, which art in heaven. Part of Psalm 37. Let us pray. 
Thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to worship you today. Help us not to fret, Father. Help us to trust in you and to do good, to commit ourselves to you and to be still, to wait and to be patient, to refrain from anger and wrath, to turn from evil and do good, and to put our hope in you, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everyone for listening. And um, if you enjoyed it and you want to share it, you can share this uh, link on WhatsApp. But you can also tell your friends to listen in on all the streaming services, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen, it's available. So don't forget our website, www.kingsmeadchapel.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening. Speak to you again next week.